You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here from the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today is August 19th. 2021, and on today's show, we discussed the Nationals' win yesterday over the Toronto Blue Jays, a dramatic one at that, and we look ahead to the Nationals' next series they've got coming up against the Brewers this weekend. Before we get into things, I encourage you all to go check out the bonus episode that I posted today on the feed. It's a conversation with Dylan Short of Locked On Braves. He and I did a Spotify green room crossover. We discussed the National League East up to this season, and really the topsy-turvy season that it has been for all the clubs involved, really for those four. I mean, we talked about the fact that the Nationals, the Mets, the Phillies, and the Braves all had a point in time where it felt like they were making uh, a consequential run, and uh, you know just all the things going with the top Braves, talk Nats, talk you know the other teams in between as well. And it was a good conversation. One thing I noted: the audio quality on there is a bit lower as opposed to a standard podcast because it was a green room. Trying to figure out on my PC how to do uh, to hook up my mic to my PC and do that for the Spotify green rooms uh, with my Mac, I was able to, but I've had some issues with my Mac. And ever since it went to Green Room, uh, I've been trying to figure that out. So we'll try and find a way to get my mic involved, my podcasting mic involved for the Spotify Green Rooms. But for right now, uh, it's just phone and iPad audio that you guys will hear. So a little bit lower, but you'll still be able to hear pretty well uh, what's going, you know, the, the conversation. So just want to let you guys know. I know there have been some complaints about audio quality before, but want to let you guys know that that audio dip is not something that's normal. If you're new to the channel. Uh, new to the show, you know, it's uh, normally this is the quality of audio that you're going to be getting um, as opposed to that. But just want you guys know if it's lower quality, it's just because it's through the green room app. All right, let's get to the Nationals eight to five win yesterday over the Toronto Blue Jays. And this means it is a series win, a series sweep, albeit a two game series sweep, but a sweep nonetheless for the Washington Nationals. It's their first series win since the end of July, uh, that series they had against the Cubs right after the trade deadline, that was their last series win uh, that they had. And I'm trying to think about when their last sweep was. I know, once again, two-game sweep, but still technically a sweep in the books. Their last sweep, you have a two-game sweep of the Tampa Bay Rays, and that was the end of June the Nats were really surging. That was actually the, kind of the peak of the surge. They won 4-3 and 15-6. to six. Um, and that was, you know, the peak of the surge for the Nationals. And they actually got another series uh, sweep a little bit before that against the Phillies. So uh, the Nats have really done well in in two-game series this season. They end up winning this one uh, against a a Blue Jays team that's been really strong as of the last month. The Nationals were able to take care of business and play a little bit of spoiler for the Blue Jays. We talked about that 12-6 win, uh, 12-6 win the Nationals had. You guys can go check out our last episode if you want more on that. This one, an 8-5 win for the Nats. The offense really uh, has been strong the last couple of days, and we'll talk about that in a second. But first, Josiah Gray needs to be mentioned. For him, a strong outing. Six innings, five hits, 
two runs, both earned, a walk, four Ks, two homers. Blake Finney tweeted this yesterday. He said that for, um, for Josiah Gray, he has given up seven runs, seven earned runs, I believe, uh, at this point during his time with the Nationals. All seven of those runs have come by way of solo home runs. And I'm looking right now at it. Uh, yep, seven home runs. Um, he's given up seven, uh, eight runs total, seven of them earned. So we look across Josiah Gray's time with the Nats. Um, 22 innings pitched across four outings right now. He went five in the first two. Then he goes six in his next two. I'd like to see the fact that they're building right now. Se- uh, 71 pitches first outing, 82, then 87, 87 in his next two. So Josiah Gray clearly building right now. Once again, good control, only one walk on the entire day. And for him, the, the, it's pretty crazy. I mean, the disparage between ground balls and fly balls. 44 fly balls, 4018 foul uh, ground balls. He is a fly ball pitcher. And as Devin Fink noted on the podcast a couple of days ago, when you pitch like that, there are just going to be times where uh, you give up some home runs. And for him, once again, I've said it before, I love guys who attack the zone. And Josiah Gray consistently and consistently and consistently attacks his own. I mean, there is, that is his approach. Through and through, Josiah Gray is going to attack the strike zone, um, and that's effective. And look, the last guy that we saw do that, you know, the prime guy that we saw do that for the Nationals, Max Scherzer, right? And what was his issue? Long ball. Talked about this some before, too. But, uh, you know, I'm really taking a look at just kind of how, you know, what he does on these pitches. And he's trying to develop the secondary stuff. But the, the big the big thing for him is opponents are hitting 200 on the fastball. Um, and that is a pitch, really, for him. That, that's a lot of the home runs you're going to see is fastball. Um, but they're hitting 242 against the curve and then 267 against the slider. And the, the numbers that 258 in the fastball, he's throwing 121 curveballs and 89 sliders. Also, the changeup he's thrown 14 times. Not a pitch he's really comfortable with right now uh, at this point. Guys are hitting him pretty well on that pitch. But the fastball is very effective. The curveball is effective, too. Even though guys are hitting 242, he's got a whiff rate of 56% on it, although it's only, uh, you know, only um, he's only thrown 121 times. Then the whiff rate on that slider is 48%. So what you're seeing there is that he has done a great job of mixing pitches um, so far and keeping guys off balance because they know a lot of hitters know he wants to go fastball heavy. So there are some certain counts we'll throw in a curveball, throw in a slider there. Um, and, and especially in put away situations, he's really favoring that curveball. He is thinking curveball. It's 43% of the time he's going curveball. But, but with that being said, like I talked about the mixing, mixing the pitches rather 19.7% of the time. Uh, so basically 20% he's going with the fastball 14% of the time going with the slider. So that really does show you that in put-away situations, you could see any three of those pitches. Yeah, I know he's approaching 50% of the time with that curveball, but the fact that one in every five put-away situations, uh, he's throwing the fastball, and you know, 14% of the time, you know, he's throwing the, the, the slider. I mean, you know, you can't just sit curveball. Something, could, uh, something else could be coming to you, and I just talked about that, but 34% of the time, something besides, um, you know, besides a fastball is going to be coming to you. That's that's the put-aways this year. It's kind of how it's been broken down. So um, 
once again, another strong outing. This guy, I mean, you you know, with Josiah Gray pitches, you're getting the sixth inning about an hour and a half into the game, uh, well, probably less than that. He is efficient. He likes to work quickly. He gets on the mound, and he tosses, and he's very effective. Also, I'm sure you guys saw that spectacular play that he turned yesterday, former shortstop, turning a double play, coming off the mound, and fielding his position. And I think right now, you know, to see Josiah Gray, and he's having success, you know, it's not like he's lights out 2.86 ERA, which is really strong, but obviously he's got his flaws. For Nats fans to see this guy work and to see him not only succeed, but also have his struggles, I think that's important. We're seeing a lot of success, but we know what he has to work on, and that's what you want to see in a prospect. And to me, home run balls, guys, it's going to happen, but there are certain situations where he's got to be more careful. Yesterday, he threw a 2-0 uh, fastball. Yeah, I, forget, I think it was the first home run that he threw was a 2-0 fastball. And with that, you know, people talk about now what, what the true fastball counts are, right? Um, and some people would argue the only true fastball count really left at this point in time is 3-0. And maybe in those situations, if you're Josiah Gray and you're, and you're behind, maybe you should stick with that. Because for him, a guy who's really effective actually at work, you know, when guys get on base, he's effective at working out of it a lot of the time. Once again, he has not given up a run this year. Um, anyway, other, you know, via the home run, right? And the solo home run too. So for him, I'm fine with throwing some off speed. I'm fine with throwing something down in the way. Uh, who cares if you walk the guy? You've been really effective this year with getting outs. And even with guys on base, you've been effective too. So I'm not too worried. You know, I would rather put a guy on base or go down 3-0 in a count rather. Um, you know, and, and once again, 3-0, I'm not, I'm not grooving a fastball either just with the way that he's, you know, he's been giving up home runs. But like I, I am, I'm more apt to say you should pitch around uh, a guy if you're down two as opposed to just throw, challenging him with a fastball up, you know, up in the zone, right? Uh, I, he might have missed that pitch, but still, I, I really do think he's got to, you know, think about pitch sequencing more. He's been good sometimes, but there are errors, and there are errors every single game. But if you really want to become an excellent pitcher, that next level guy, that sequencing is really what's going to have to help him. And also developing that slider. It feels like all of the guys, the top level, uh, you know, the, the best, the best have a slider that's super effective for them, right? Uh, a lot of the top pitchers you see with a, an effective slider they can use in a variety of situations, mostly as a put away pitch, but also to work off that fastball. He's got to keep working on that slider and that curveball. And hopefully he can add that change up to the mix too. But he's got, you know, he, he really, he does have three pitches. It feels like he's strong with two, right? The fastball, curveball, um, developing that slider. And then he's got to get more comfortable with the change up too, just so he has more to play with. Because I think this kid's a smart kid. Uh, I think he's shown a lot of situations where he's no, he knows what he's doing. Um, you know, with just location and, and you know, communicating well with the, whoever's been catching. Uh, and the short period of time too, right? It's not a guy who's totally comfortable where he is, you know, being in D.C. yet. So for him to show the level of uh, acumen and, and success that he has shown is very, very impressive. The Nationals, uh, at this point, look like they got a really strong prospect in Josiah Gray in the Max Scherzer, Trey Turner trade. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll hit on the offense, which was clicking and timely yesterday. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked on Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends, at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the best place to find affordable parts for your car or truck. Why would you spend 30, 50, and sometimes even 100% more on parts for your car uh, at a chain store or at a dealership when you could just go to rockauto.com today? 
Check out all the prices that they've got for a variety of products, carpet, uh, you know, lamps uh, in your car, you know, visors for your vehicle. And here's an example. Honda Odyssey fuel pump is 353 at a chain store, 216 at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com today, see all those parts available for your car or truck, write locked on in the how did you hear about us box, that way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, always low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is also brought to you by Wild Alaskan. We all know we should be eating more fish to get our omega-3s and protein, but the seafood counter can be intimidating. Which fish tastes the best? What type of cut? Can you really be sure about the quality? Wild Alaskan Company takes the guesswork out of buying wild-caught seafood. Used to having a lot of choices when it comes to what you eat, but it matters where your food comes from. Get nutrition from nature with Wild Alaskan's wild-caught seafood from Alaska and the Pacific Northwest. And right now, you can get $15 off your first box of premium seafood when you visit wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. That's wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB for $15 off on your first box. wildalaskancompany.com slash MLB. Use that URL code to make sure they know that we sent you. All right, once again, it was 8-5 to five win for the Nationals yesterday, but not without some turmoil. And this is what I'm talking about when we say these guys are still fighting. There have been some efforts this year where the Nationals not really laid down, but they just haven't had the horses, especially in the last month, obviously, uh, to get anything done. But today was, or yesterday rather, was an example of them getting the job done. Uh, Juan Soto hits a home run, and guess where it went? The opposite field, like he always does. Uh, he knew he was going the opposite way. He ends up going opposite way. Three-run home run, thanks to Robles and Escobar both getting on base early on in the game. Victor Robles gets another hit in this game, and it's uh, 3-0. But then uh, a home run other uh, in the top of the second inning for Hernandez. Talked about a solo shot. Top of the third, Marcus Simeon. That's the one. That's the bat I was, I was discussing earlier with the 2-0 fastball that he threw. Bottom of the sixth, though, uh, Ryan Zerman. Singles, he comes in to hit there for Josiah Gray and uh, is able to drive in the run there. It's 4-2 at that point. Then you get a Dickerson home run, uh, two-run shot to make it 4-4. And Marcus Simeon hits a home run on the very next pitch to make it 5-4. Now, this was Ryan Harper who came into the game. And look, Ryan Harper has had a really great season. Uh, I know it's not a ton of action that he's had, but he's been so strong this year. To see him struggle in that way was surprising. But the Nationals showed some character and they responded. And it was off of Brad Hand in the seventh inning. Josh Bell hits a 396-foot home run. That is a three-run shot. Carter Keboom adds a 402-foot home run to left field. And the Nationals go up 8-5 at that point. They're able to hold on. Mason Thompson gives them two-thirds of an inning. Uh, Andres Machado gives them two-thirds of an inning. And Kyle Finnegan comes in and shuts the door with an inning and a third of action for the save. The Nationals get the win 8-5, to five. and like I talked about, you know, this offense, also Josiah Gray got a hit, his first hit as a National, but, uh, you know, Ryan Zerman coming in, Riley Adams, a two-hit game against his former club, all the youth, youth the youths, as uh, some people say, got hits. Uh, Robles got a hit, which is, you know, one of the guys we're, we're zeroing in on right now, Carter Keboom, obviously with his home run, Luis Garcia, 
uh, gets a hit in this game. Riley Adams gets a hit, and even Josiah Gray getting that hit. Andrew Stevens came off the bench, so the line kept moving. The guys were being very effective today, and the Nationals' power was there. We've seen them in some spots, uh, you know, lack power and drive-in runs to keep the line moving at some points in time, but this one was just a power display from the Nationals on what was probably a very humid day uh, at Nationals Park. I was very humid here in Virginia, and I assume it was uh, the same thing as well. All right, one more pause for the cause on today's show, and then we'll talk about the Nationals' upcoming series. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the best place for all of your sports gaming needs. NFL season is coming up. They've got a super contest going on there. They've got a $200,000 prize they're giving away in one of their contests as well. So there's no excuse if you're a football fan not to get over to BetOnline.ag today and check out what they've got going on. BetOnline's got all of these great offers, and especially right now, if you guys sign up and use that promo code locked on, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on, you'll get a uh, 50% deposit bonus today at BetOnline. So BetOnline, check them out today. They're your online sportsbook experts. All right, the Nationals uh, now get to 52 and 68. They're uh, 16 games under 500 right now. They are, or at least they were, in last place uh, a couple days ago, but they have now flipped Back of the Marlins and reclaimed fourth, 12 and a half games out. Uh, they've won two games in a row, but they're still three and seven in their last 10. What is coming up for the Nats this weekend? Well, they've got a trip on the road to the first place uh, NL Central leading Milwaukee Brewers. Three games set there this weekend. 8.05, 4.05, 2.10 your start times. The Nationals Need to figure out who's going to be starting for them on Friday night. I believe at this point in time it's probably going to be Sean Nolan. They, uh, you know, the Nationals being, they, you know, have struggled really this year to find guys to fill these spots. But the Brewers will counter with Brett Anderson. He will be on the mound uh, for them. Next game, you're going to have Patrick Corbin at 4.05 on Saturday going up against Eric Lauer, who has been strong this year. A uh, guy that for them has stepped in and just 26 years old has been uh, a strong contributor for them, then Paulo Espino goes up against uh, Adrian Hauser. And the nice thing for the Nationals is that, you know, by hook or by crook, they're going to avoid uh, some of the power arms in that Milwaukee Brewers rotation, right? You're not seeing Brandon Woodruff. Uh, you're not going to see, um, you know, Peralta uh, out there either. And you're not going to see Corbin Burns. The Nationals kind of catch a break with that. Uh, no Woodruff, no Peralta, no Burns, but still, the, the Brewers have been excellent so far this season. And so for the Nationals, another Patrick Corbin start. You're worried about him on the road. What's he going to look like uh, for a guy who's just struggled in general this year? You know, what, what's he going to do? And um, if if things go really south in this start, I know the Nationals don't have many guys left, but they might have to consider doing something with Patrick Corbin because I think, once again, sending him out there every fifth day to just get absolutely rocked. It's not malpractice, but what are we accomplishing at that point if you're Dave Martinez? What are you doing? Are you, you know, doing it out of necessity, but are you better off just having him off the bench, uh, you know, in, in a different spot out of the pen in some way, shape, or form? Because for the, him this year, for Patrick Corbin, I mean, um, you know, he's been hor- horrendous. Now, he has made the most starts for the Nationals, and he has been um, solid in terms of, you know, staying healthy, which is positive, but he has not performed at any kind of level that would make you, uh, you know, would any kind of level that is, is positive at all. Uh, and also on the road this year, he's got a 6.36 ERA. So he's much, uh, not completely worse, but he's 
about a half run worse, a little bit over a half run worse on the road than he is at home. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.